everybody. Welcome to episode 126. 126. That's not anything. One to the I, two to the six. I figured when I said it, I would come up with something, but that is a very... I'm feeling very rhythmic. This is a very rhythmic episode in general. It is. There so is the one to the six. Talking about Brenda. <laughs> that's right. I call her by her middle name because oh. I like the name Brenda. Oh, okay. That's all right. <laughs> I just love the name Brenda. <laughs> it's just like such a good funky name, and I wish that she went by Brenda instead of Shannon. So yeah, this week we are talking about Shannon, who... Uh, Shannon as, Brenda. As Danielle just mentioned, is her real name Shannon Brenda Green. Uh, she was born in uh, May of 1958 in Washington, District of Columbia. Yes. And uh, I, I think she grew up in Brooklyn, though. I, I'm pretty sure she yeah, was a New York girl. Yeah, they said it was Brooklyn-based. Yeah. Um, so the backstory with Shannon is way more uh, interesting, and specifically the backstory of her, her big lead hit single that uh, you probably already know if you're listening to this show. I would certainly hope so. Um, is way more interesting than I would have thought. Um, so Shannon... Um, was in college in New York and she joined up with the New York jazz ensemble as a singer. Um, and the story goes, uh, the, the overview of it is that she recorded this demo for these two guys, Mark Liggett and Chris Barbosa. And this was what led into her having this huge hit with let the music play. So I found this great interview from 2015 that Red Bull music Academy of all people did with uh, Chris Barbosa, Red Bull. I I've found other interviews that they've done for this, um, from that series and I've used for this show. These it's really? a great series of interviews, very interesting. Interesting. So Chris Barbosa, this dude's deal, he grew up in the Bronx, he moved to Brooklyn when he was 18, and he used to be like a mobile DJ. So he was like one of these guys who would like take his turntables down to like the paddleball courts or wherever and just like play music for people who were hanging out in the park. This was a thing that people did, I guess. And I wish that they still did. Um, he said that his grandmother helped him buy some drum machines and he listed off a whole bunch of models that I'm not going to hear and that his Quote, his Puerto Rican upbringing is what inspired him to explore the idea of, like, syncopation. Because mm-hmm. remember, this is early 80s. Freestyle music was not around yet. Exactly. And I think a lot of people forget that with Shannon, that this music is just like, it's so freestyle. We're going to talk about and that. It's you. debatable. Okay. Um, All right. So he wrote this track called Fire and Ice while he was homesick one day. And he's the way he put it, he said, fire was the street bass and the beat. And ice was the pop melody that sat on top of Ooh. the beat. I love that, right? So he gets teamed up with this DJ who was also another mobile DJ guy, I think, named Nelson Cruz. And they started going to record labels together trying to get a deal. And they originally got signed as a comedy hip hop duo, which is like super funny. He said that there he still has like an 8x10 promo photo of him like being goofy, like with holding a boombox. <laughs> like, teehee, we rap. And it's funny because this is the early 80s and this is a novelty. Um, but like when they got in the booth, I guess to like cut some comedy raps, like neither one of them could rap. Yeah, they were just I, they I'm were. Sure, it was awful. They were DJs, and not in a funny way, like just a sad. Awful. So the owner of Emergency Records, which was who they were talking to, uh, was this Italian guy named Sergio Casa, and he brought back this instrumental track from Italy, and he wanted them to rap and write a song about AIDS, which is a bizarre thing if you're signing someone as a comedy rap duo. But I guess it was like a street awareness thing. I don't know, but. Apparently, they had this track about AIDS called The Game of Life. I tried everywhere. I was like, I have to find this track, but I could not. So I'm guessing it was a demo that never actually saw the light of day. So the producer who was brought in to work on this track with them was Mark Liggett. And while they were working on this song, Chris played him Fire and Ice and some of the other like bedroom instrumentals. And um, Mark was like, well, whoa, dude, this is the good stuff. Like, why, you know, why are we doing this hip hop? Like, this is what we should be doing. 
So this is this is a quote from from Chris. Now he said that there was a friend of Mark's hanging out in the session, and he said he knew this girl who thought might sound good on this track. She was the first girl to audition, and her name was Shannon Brenda Green, and she married the track perfectly. So that was how Shannon got brought in with these two guys. Wow. Um, Shannon herself in this interview says there were so many people involved in the actual creative part of this track. Robbie Kilgore did the synth programming. Herb Powers did incredible mixes. You had the writer of Let the Music Play, Anne Godwin. I was like, who the hell is Anne Godwin? Because if you go look, nope, it's credited to uh, um, a guy named Ed Chisholm is the, credited as the co-writer. So Shannon goes on to say that uh, Anne Godwin was apparently signed to like another label. So she never got credit for writing Ooh. Let the Music Play. So she gave her brother Ed Chisholm the credit for it. So I'm guessing when she says wrote Let the Music Play, I'm guessing she means wrote the lyrics. Yeah. And the probably and the vocal melody. So um, Chris says that the drum sound on Fire and Ice, which if it's not clear at this point, Fire and Ice became Let the Music Play. Yeah. Um, that he said that the drum sound came from Looking for the Perfect Beat, which was Africa Bambata and Arthur Baker, producer Arthur yeah. Baker. Um, who also did Goon Squad's Eight Arms to Hold You, which we love. Mm-hmm. So um, specifically, he said it's this part, the part that says beat this boom. So this is, I'm going to play a little clip of this. This is the part in the track he's talking about. So he says that he wanted to have the ambience that was captured in just that moment of looking for the perfect beat. And he wanted to put that through the whole record. So this is where the, the the first time somebody thought to do what's called a gating technique on the TR-808. And the TR-808 was a really, really famous drum machine at the time. It would later, it was basically the foundation of hip hop. So this guy got the idea to gate the snare on the TR-808, which means that it just cuts off rapidly instead of uh. being allowed to like fully resolve. Like when you hit a drum and there's kind of this do, do, like a gate means it stops. So they created this this amazing thing that became a staple of freestyle music yeah. by doing that. So, um, and th- this is Arthur Baker's quote about it. He says, they used gated reverb on the kick and the snare throughout the entire record. Of course, when I heard Let the Music Play, I went, God, I want drums like that. When they had basically taken the idea from one of my records, we were all <laughs> listening to each other. <laughs> so I love that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and uh, Shannon herself also said... When you listen to a lot of records now, you'll hear the whip and the percussion and the rhythm from our song. And that is so true. It is true. Because the last few years when I would go to this club over here and they played this weird mix of the Britney Spears song, If You Seek Amy, mm-hmm. which I hate. That is a terrible song. But this mix <laughs> wow. had that whip sound. And I kept going, why do I? Where is that whip from? It's freaking it's the let the music play whip. Interesting. I mean, yeah, it does pop up. So I understand now because I I had always heard my entire life from loving 80s music that, you know, the Shannon sound, they Shannon invented freestyle. This was the first freestyle sound. And I'm going, really? Because like Planet Rock to me by by Africa Bambata was the first. Yeah. So I really think the truth is that it was a marriage of those two ideas. Yeah. Where because Planet Rock was that they had that syncopation that like that that would become prevalent all in freestyle music. But yeah, the the drum sounds that was that was that was all Chris. That's really cool. And and uh, yeah, I I thought that was so neat um, to to find that interview where they're specifically talking about That's that. That's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, Shannon herself was just like she was an accounting student and working as a bookkeeper. She says, um, 
and and then suddenly this this big old hit. So yeah, let, let's talk about the the song itself. Let the music play. This was released on October twenty fourth of nineteen eighty three, which it does not sound like it. Nope, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like it's every time I re- I remember how early it is. I'm like, man, because it's just it's eighty seven to me. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that was a number one hit, nineteen eighty seven. Nope, no, it was not. <laughs> like, but it sounds like it, which is what makes it even cooler when you realize that it is so cool. Like to me, if I if somebody asked me what freestyle was, I always say this song. And it's not even like my favorite song ever. I never actually choose to listen to this. Like, it's cool. I like it. I've just heard it so many times. If someone's like freestyle, I'm like, let the music play. That's you see, And that's very interesting because apparently you, you are very much in the majority think, on that. And it's just something that has always been lost on me as far as it being like such a defining moment in freestyle. And and to be honest, I really think that it's because I associate freestyle with the Latino community and Shannon is not Latina. I think that too, but so, I think a lot of times freestyle is a sound and it's like, it is, I think it is, that you're it sounds right. that, that single. But now, now that having read this backstory and hearing that this dude with, you know, of Puerto Rican descent was behind now, like now that idea yeah. makes so much more sense in my head. Yeah. Um, but you're right. At, at the end of the day, it is, it's a sound. It's a sound and, and it's it, a feeling. It's a feeling. Yes. That's, to me, it's the feeling. I don't care who's singing it. And I think like freestyle, one of the coolest things about freestyle is great for like that single singer, that female singer. Yes. And like, sure, there's lots of freestyle that's not that. But to me, freestyle is at its best and sounds the most freestyle when you have that. Yes. So, there really are. There really are basically like two kinds of freestyle. It's either like fierce lady or really yeah. sad guy. Yes, that's that's exactly. basically like the two kinds me, of freestyles. The feeling here. of freestyle to me is the fierce lady freestyle like that to yes. me is the most definitive one. So that's why Shannon works so well with me. Um, let the music play was a big hit in part uh, due to your husband, Jellybean. I know because, it's right at that time because he's the best because he was one of the first ones to play it at the, at the fun house where he was DJing. Um, also, we have to note that the backing vocals on this track were done by someone named Jimmy Tunnel. Um, who did not, I think, did not receive credit, but that that iconic chorus that has that very specific vocalization that you just know that that yeah. voice, that's him on the chorus. Ah, interesting. Um, singing, I guess, alongside Shannon. Um, and I found a, a critic named Peter Shapiro described this song like at the time of its release, because how, you know, how would you contextualize a song like this in 1983, right? There was nothing else to compare it to. So Peter Shapiro, this guy called it, quote, a cross between Gary Newman and Tito Puente, which I thought was just I mean, I see where where he's going, but that's a swing and a miss. But in 1983, I guess that's the best way you had to describe it. (laughs) Also, I know just realized that's the second time Tito Puente has come up on this show. Odd. What was the first time? I, I don't remember. He showed up randomly, like playing trumpet on some song that we did. I wish I could remember what episode also, that I was. Also, I just I want to like truncate your sentence there, and I imagined Tito Puente literally coming in here right now playing trumpet, just in the room. <laughs> he just randomly came in playing trumpet. <laughs> you know? I feel like that's how t- Tito Puente enters rooms. <laughs> burr, burr, burr. Yes, you see the trumpet before you see Tito. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, Tito's here again. God damn it. We need so, to lock the doors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else do you say about a song as iconic as "Let the Music Play"? It's 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 just as perfect as a dance song is gonna get ever. Yeah. Yeah. What does love want me to do?
Shannon's full album comes out the following February in 1984 um, and is a moderate hit, number 32. Um, um, and the second single, Give Me Tonight, uh, again, another number one dance hit for her and uh, not as much of a pop hit. Yeah. Let the Music Play was a top 10 on the pop charts, but Give Me Tonight did not um, yeah. chart on the pop charts. I, I kind of get it. I've never really liked this song. Like, I'll listen really? to it. If it's on, I'm going to I'm gonna shake my little booties. But, like, it's, uh, I don't know. This song has always missed something for me that made me love it. And I can't put my finger on what it is. But it just doesn't always work as well as it could. I don't hate it. I'll listen to it. I don't skip it. But, like, it, I don't know. It's just missing something. Um, and maybe it's because Let the Music Play is so perfect and it's missing nothing that I compare it to that and i'm just like why would i listen to this when i could listen to that interesting i, think that I mean i think this one is basically just as good um yeah, i love it's it fine, but it's, um yeah. i do have to mention also the the drag queen adore delano did a really really good cover of this song about three years ago and that is definitely worth looking up Shannon's third single was called My Heart's Divided. This was another big hit for her on the dance charts. Um, and you hear again that signature backing vocal oh, by yeah. Jimmy Tunnel. You look like you were going to say something not nice about this the, song. The, the lyrics are very cheesy. <laughs> oh, well, yes. And it's, it's, it's freestyle music. What do you want? Distra- I know, but it's just like distracting in this sense. I don't know. It's, it's another one I like. I'm going to dance. If it comes on on that dance floor, I'm going to dance to it. But it's just like something's missing from it. And I can't. I think what happens when you hit that lightning, you just expect. No, it. I'm all about it. I think this is just freestyle fierceness yeah, through and I'm through. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Yeah. But if you do, you have to let her had to toss this one in here this is actually the original b-side of my heart's divided it's called it's you this is like the most different track on this album i think it's like this upbeat synth pop song i completely agree i really like it yeah i I did too i i think it she tried or they tried something different i guess in the studio and i really i think it worked yeah i think it's super and i think i really like i do i like this one better than the ones that weren't let the music play. I think that if they had released this one to pop radio, it probably would have. She probably would have had at least a minor hit yeah, on her I hands with it. So now we come to a track we've actually already technically talked about on this uh, show on another episode back in the Donna Allen episode Um, in July of 84. uh, Shannon releases her version, the first version of Sweet Somebody, 
which was a hit for her in Germany and the UK, but not so much in the US. Um, talk about missing something. If you lay, if you sit this one alongside the Donna Allen version that would come out three years later. Yeah. Or no, I guess it was only two years later at this point. Yeah. This, this one really does kind of sound yeah, hollow. I mean, it's, it's, it's cute. It's a cute little groove. I'm going to dance to it. It's a cute little pop song, but it's just, it, it really does compare to Donna Allen. Does not. Yeah. Doesn't I mean, hold if up. If you didn't know about Donna Allen. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that a good point. Time, that's a good point. If you didn't know the Donna Allen version, this would be great. I feel great. like yes. I'm being very unfair to Shannon today. <laughs> I'm like, well, you did so well over there. Now I just can't deal with your other stuff. No, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a cute little pop song. It's good. And the B-side of Sweet Somebody was called It's You. Um, what, how did this one grab you? Slow jam time? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think if you were doing any sort of R&B music at all, or even any R&B tinged music, you had to put a ballad on your record, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I've heard worse. It's sweet. It's okay. It's just a, it's a slow jam. I can't feel any more for it. Shannon's second record comes out in May of 85. They basically got right back to work and, and had another record ready to go a year later. Um, and it's called Do You Want to Get Away? Um, again, a number one album for her on the dance charts, um, led off by the title track, which was called Do You Want to Get Away? That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Um, I love, love, love like the steely bass line yeah, in this one. Yeah, it's different. And it's got like a little more edge to it, Definitely I think. edgier, um, yes. I, I'm not sure it's the sound for her, but I appreciate that it's different and she's moving in a different little direction, but it's a good little song. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. It's just different. I just don't know if it's the right sound for her. I think that this was a good continuation of the sound from her yeah, first I, album. I agree. I don't, I don't think it was diff- super, super, super different enough that people were going to be no, like, oh, what no. does Shannon become? But it, it still evolved. It wasn't, we're not rehashing the first album. Here. I completely agree. I do respect that. And then we've got this single, Stronger Together, which I just love. This is a great track. It was not the official campaign theme for Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. Oh, man. It totally should have been, though. Or, as as, as, come, out, opportunity. Or as come out this week, 
Donald Trump's 2020 okay. campaign. We don't talk on. about him here. I'm just saying it's everybody this is was, loving the stronger together. This was lately. number 103 uh, on the U.S. chart. Barely did not chart and only a number 25 on the dance chart. So people were not into this song. I really like it. Yeah. I it's did. like to me, this is like, OK, we're going to make a 1985 R&B radio song like this is going to kill. This, on thing, R&B. this was R&B to you. Yes. Interesting. No, something that would be like that. It's like that dance pop that also charts really well on the R&B radio at that moment. OK, so I that's, think, like, that's, that's fair, that, I guess. Like, I think the, that's the more synths on it are that. so aggressive. Yes. I love how aggressive the synths are. I like but it. like it's still it's still like a very spry, airy song somehow. Yeah, I mean, really, it's not, really, just really careful it's not production. But it's like it's very the Jets to me. It's all of that kind of a thing. I love that. Yeah, sound. I mean, but you're you're so right. I know you were joking about the campaign theme, but like it really would have worked like as a TV theme or a movie it theme really or something. Would've. Yeah, it really yeah. would have. I wasn't joking. So November of 1985, <laughs> Shannon releases this third single, uh, doing a cover of Foreigners Urgent because they were label mates, I guess. And the label was like, hey, cover this song, Shannon. And she was like, sure, shit, yeah, why not? Like I, I had to when I saw this coming, I was like, oh, Jesus. OK, well, let me sit down. Let me get comfortable. I don't know what this is going to be like. I don't know what to do. Uh huh. Sign me up. Yeah, right? It's so good. Sign me up. Like, this is, I think, by far up to here, like, the one I like the most. She Like, Shannon nailed this. Yeah. And they, I, they nailed this cover. And I think it is because, in general, Urgent is just a great pop song in general. It is. It's like one of those fantastic songs but, that you can do anyway, and you're like, man, that's just a good song. But it's song. still like... It's still like, you know, last week with Mr. Mister, you mentioned like somebody's dad trying to sound cool. Like, you know, all all classic rock songs are just like (laughs) they they are going to have that dorky film over them, if you will. So Shannon took what was at its core a good song and removed all the dork from it. Yeah. And made it. She de-dorkified this song. Yeah. And you're not sitting there (laughs) listening to it thinking about how it's a foreigner cover. Exactly. It sounds like its own song. Yes. But you know, it's that song. So, so true. I think it's. It's great, and it's by far up to now like the best that wasn't let the music play. By per- far, perfectly said. Yes, yes. I agree. Um, stop the noise was one more single from this record. <laughs> also, don't sing a song if you want to stop the noise. Yeah, if you right? want it to be quiet, let's not make a song about it. That's literally the thing you should not do if you want to stop the noise. I don't know why this didn't chart. This is a perfectly serviceable club it, hit to me. I think it's good. Um, the music video is hilarious. There's a there's a shot like she's kind of like at a restaurant in one part, and there's a dude chilling in a booth in the back holding a keytar like straight up. Which just cracked me up. I think that's from reality. Yes, I've seen. Movies. I take. I mean, I carry mine everywhere I go. <laughs> um. 
I I love this song. Don't understand why it wasn't a hit. I love it. That is some great synth bass. Again, love it. Shannon's third album, which came out October of 86, so again, we're fast-forwarding almost a year here, did not chart at all, and I'm going to sort of blame this first single yes, for that. Why does this? why is this number the first single? Why would why? you release, if you, were, if you were having success on the dance charts, and everybody knows you as an upbeat dance pop artist, why would you go for an R&B ballad? Yeah, and I mean, she's been charting really, like, I get that this is like R&B radio time, whatever, even though I don't even think this charted on that. But she could do what she was doing before, which was still have decent dance hits that are also charting well on R&B. But you get a slow jam, you're just taking out half of that. Right. And, and, and like, not and even that. Not, no, it's, it's not, not a great slow jam. It's an okay it's, slow jam. It's very jam. forgettable, yeah. I, I just, it, it's a very weird choice to me. It was, it was, a, it was a misstep, yes, I agree. Yeah. So we go back to kind of Shannon's dance roots here for the second single. They pull out Prove Me Right, which only ended up doing number 82 on the R&B well, charts. I didn't think we'd have to blame on that one. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's this is a great song. This is great. Really? You like this one a lot? I love this okay. song. Um, okay. Yeah, it. it's kind of like a freestyle influenced R&B. It was, it's sort of oh, like yeah. a, a marriage of the two things she was doing at this time, right? Yeah. Like, my, my notes on this are, okay, she's back, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I do really enjoy the opening lines, hands in your pocket, such a sexy stance, <laughs> which I will use in a context one day that no one will get because they will not know this, but I'm really like, hands in your pocket, ooh, such, such a, a sexy, sexy stance. Hands in your pocket, ooh, such a sexy stance. And then uh, what better way to say you would like to have a dance hit than to release a song called Dancin'. Although it does seem about 10 years too late to release a song. It doesn't seem a little corny by 1986 to release a song called Dancin' with the apostrophe and everything. Yeah. Feels very um, feels very 70s to me. Sure. But the song itself is great. But it is about dancing. It is about dancing. And, and this is much more of like a, a straightforward like freestyle track. I oh think. my God. Yeah, it is really. She's back on the freestyle. And that's good because it's like freestyle time now. And she's like, look, I wonder if people like didn't really get 
that she was freestyling back before there was freestyle. And they were just like, Shannon's just trying to be freestyle. But like, it does sound like not as good as the rest of the freestyle that was out there. But it's a really good song. I danced. You're like, please. There's like some, you know, Shannon hipster like, please. Oh, Shannon God. invented freestyle. Jesus. Oh, I hate that idea. So I had to read between the lines. We have to talk about this uh, track that she did in 1987 on the soundtrack to the movie Criminal. She actually does, or excuse me, from Fatal Beauty. She does a song called Criminal that's actually the theme to the film Fatal Beauty. Um, I think this is like the most straightforward pop song she probably ever did. Absolutely, And I think it's because it's an 80s soundtrack song Mm -hmm. and you can't get too crazy on those. That's true. For a theme. Like, unless it's something like a girl's just want to have fun where like the movie is about dancing or something like that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're um, right. Apparently, like Harold Faltermeyer did the soundtrack. I don't know anything about really? this movie or the soundtrack. Yeah. But I think yeah, it's, this is like, like, it's a Whoopi Goldberg like, film. I've never seen it. And Sam Elliott. Like, I have questions. Nice. When I was looking at the synopsis, I was like, I have questions. <laughs> and I haven't looked too far to get them answered. But I just know I do have questions. But I mean, it just sounds like an 80s soundtrack theme song. Totally. It's like every once in a while you have to have like one little guitar riff to satisfy the whites and yeah. uh <laughs> you know that's what i think of in these songs that are just that's like songs funny. that are not guitar based and somebody's just like at some point you just gotta go Durr! like just once and then you're like you know uncle uncle peter over here is like oh okay, oh, okay. all right all i feel right. comfortable yeah, all right i yes. feel comfortable can't let it <laughs> oh that's good anyway Walking on the edge with everything to say hard to know who's Um, she released this super very weird single in 1992 called Rain Song that I'm just not even going to bother with because I don't know what the hell's going on We've there. We've all had our phases. Yeah. Weird, I actually kind of like it. Weird though. deep house song, whatever. Um, but we had to we had to plug O 1995's It's Got to Be Love. Shannon oh. did. She dipped her toe in the Euro house. I'm going to be honest. Into yeah. it. Yeah, totally. I've heard worse. It sounds like all the other ones, I guess, of that time. That was the nature of Eurodance. Yeah. There, were, there was there were basically three tracks that you picked from. Yeah, and it's, uh, I've heard worse, and I was dancing. I would... Uh, uh, totally. Yeah, I've heard way worse.
Shannon did uh, resurface in 2005. She was on a couple of like, you know, where are they now sorts of things in the late 90s because I remember seeing her on VH1 um, when I was a kid. And then in 2005, I remember seeing her on Hit Me Baby One More Time, which Mm -hmm. was this show that NBC did where they brought people back who had had hits back in the day and they sang one of their own hits and then sang something current. And Shannon came on and she did Let the Music Play and she crushed it. She sounded amazing. You're and she sang uh, her modern selection was Foolish by Ashanti because, LOL, it was 2005. <laughs> and she sounded fantastic there, too. And I think she ended up winning that night because it was like a yeah. little competition each each night. I kind of want to go back and rewatch. I remember the time we were watching it like crazy. I remember Howard Jones being on oh, it. Oh, yes. We and like... never forget Wang Chung going on and doing Nelly's Hot in Here because that is oh, a thing that happened. God. Yeah, uh, I miss it. Kind yes. of. Kind of. Uh, yeah, but Shannon was on. She killed it. She was great. Um, she does still have a social media presence, if you're interested in keeping up with her. Um, she, <laughs> she uh, I guess, has not figured out that Facebook pages are a thing, because she just has, like, a Facebook account that's that's called Shannon Artist, and you have to, like, send her a friend request. But she's on there. How and, about you let her live? Okay. We let Shannon and Brenda yes. live. Yes. And uh, Shannon also, if you, you know, live in a city that does freestyle tours, she does those those retro freestyle tours. Yeah, she's with, on the circuit. With Stevie B and New Shoes and all those guys who, who do those. She goes, she's out there too. And she, she wears her hair in like a big, big, cool, beautiful, like afro now too. And she looks awesome. (laughs) Yeah. She's pretty awesome. I really like her a lot. I do too. I just, um, very interesting story. Really cool. Like literally from, from the bedrooms of Brooklyn and the Bronx to changing the landscape of dance music at the time. I mean, it's pretty cool. That's a story that deserves to be told. I agree. It's very, I would watch a Shannon biopic. Just saying (laughs) last week I asked for fanfic. This time we're asking for a biopic. <laughs> I've seen worse movies getting made. If you uh, have any ideas for a Shannon biopic and, uh, you know, maybe who should play young Shannon, uh, I would love to hear them. But Please. also keep in mind that they're only doing reboots and sequels of things. So if you can actually get the story of Shannon, but like, you know, frame it as Toy Story 17. Oh, yes, yes. That, that's Good idea. really the yes. point. So yeah. that's a very, that's a great idea. That's how the, the mummy 27. That's how we're going to we get this thing funded. <laughs> Mummy 27, The Shannon Story. Exactly. All right, hit us up with all your ideas on our website, which is offbeattrackscast.com. And tweet us, trolls, at offbeattracks. Yes, and non-trolls, too. We like you as well. Non-trolls, yes, yes, definitely. We'll be back next time. See ya. Bye.